When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. Uh, you know, I, I've been talking a lot about the basics and getting back to some of the basic stuff because, I, I, again, it's part of a function of the fact that the, the interest in botanical method aquariums or, <clears throat> excuse me, or natural aquariums in general is growing. And I think that we need to emphasize what we know, what we've learned so far, so that people get the correct, not only the correct impression, but learn the correct techniques and and uh, philosophy behind what we do. Uh, I I see this annoying, uh, for to me it's annoying, this little annoying trend that even with a lot of interest in botanical method aquariums and the idea behind it and the materials we're using, there's still a tremendous amount of emphasis on the aesthetics. And I get it. I mean, we want tanks to look nice and so forth, but I see people talking about the aesthetics saying, you know, botanical method aquarium or botanical aquarium. There's no rules, so to speak, other than the ones that nature dictates, but I'm just afraid that this is going to become an aquascaping style as opposed to an aquarium methodology, which is what we've been working so hard collectively as a community to achieve for many years is bringing this stuff out of the darkness and understanding the ecology behind it. And so to that end, that long-winded introduction, I figured from time to time I'm going to touch on some of the very basic things that we've talked about over the, you know, the years because you never know when you're going to catch somebody in their their hobby, you know, life cycle. Um, so I was thinking about this the other day. And have you ever really thought about it? You ever noticed how much an aquarium is really a lot like the natural world in like so many ways? I mean, Sure, it's a closed ecosystem in a box, but it goes through so many of the processes which occur in the natural waters of the world. Inundation, transport of new materials into the ecosystem, recruitment of life forms, death, all kinds of things. Fishes live out their lives, they eat, they reproduce, they die in the system. And sometimes we can't find the bodies of the fishes, and I know it sounds kind of gross, but nature never wastes anything, right? Their bodies fuel additional fungal and bacterial growth. And while decidedly horrifying to us, this process simply contributes to the overall function and, dare I say, richness of the environment. Okay, it does sound gross, but conceptually, right? It's okay. Now, decomposing botanicals, the stuff we put in the aquarium, can certainly be viewed in the same sense as a bioload on the system. People ask me this all the time in that they foster bacterial and fungal action to break them down into their constituent components, and some of these components remain in the ecosystem. And that these life forms, which do this, respire, they produce waste, etc., etc. However, they also contribute to the food chain or the, or the, the food web in our aquariums, don't they? They do. And then, of course, there's biofilm. Um, biofilm's probably the most basic thing we talk about, biofilms and fungal growths. And even the word for so many years has conjured up these images of something that you really don't want in your tank, something dirty, yucky, potentially 
detrimental to your aquarium's health. Yet, we have to be honest with ourselves here. Um, biofilms are super important. Uh, biofilms are basically a film of bacteria that adheres to a surface. And of course, some of the more charming, as I've said over the years, and more commonly encounters of biofilm include plaque that forms on your teeth or the slime that forms on surfaces and stagnant water. It's like, shit, really? Yeah, well, that's the definition we've got to run with. So apart from the unpleasant sounding descriptions of the stuff, the concept of biofilms and how they form is actually kind of interesting. I didn't say charming, actually, but um, interesting for sure. Now, biofilms form when bacteria adhere to surfaces in some form of a watery environment and they begin to excrete a slimy glue-like substance consisting of sugars and other proteins that can stick to all sorts of materials, such as, well, in our case, botanicals. But they're also in a bare aquarium. You'll get biofilms. You'll get biofilms on plumbing, on the inside of your pipes in a reef tank. They're, they're ubiquitous. They're all over. It basically just starts with a few bacteria taking advantage of, you know, the abundant surface area and a comfy space that, you know, leaves seed pods and even driftwood offer. The early adapters sort of put out a, a welcome mat for the other bacteria by providing a more diverse adhesion site, like a matrix of sugars that holds the biofilm together. Since some bacteria species are incapable of attaching to a surface on their own, they simply join in and anchor themselves to the matrix or directly to their buddies who arrive first, sort of like a party or Facebook or whatever, right? Now, I could go on and on all day telling you that this is totally natural. It's something we understand what we want and that it's just bacteria and other microorganisms taking advantage of a perfect substrate upon which to grow and reproduce, just like they do in the wild. And of course, freshly added, I can tell you that, you know, freshly added botanicals offer sort of a mother load of organic material for these biofilms to propagate. And that's occasionally what happens again, just like in nature, it does. So I will talk about this all the time because it's important, but some people ask me a lot, is there a dark side to this? What happens? Well, of course there's a potential dark side, like anything else, too much of a good thing can cause problems in rare instances frightening, you know, aquarium Armageddon scenarios could possibly play out. For example, in an extremely overcrowded aquarium or a very small one with marginal husbandry and filtration with a huge amount of biofilm because you've put an equally huge influx of freshly added botanicals into this existing system, there's always the possibility that the bacteria within the biofilms can multiply extremely rapidly, reducing the level of oxygen in the, to the rest of the aquarium, which could lead to a dramatic you know, reduction of CO2 being released out of the water. And that could in turn lead to CO2 levels rising quickly and sharply, potentially causing asphyxiation to the fishes in the tank, including the lovable nitrifying bacteria that support it. So that's a doomsday scenario. And it almost never happens, but it could be brought about by a non-sustainably managed or populated aquarium, improper preparation and rapid, excessive additions of botanicals, and a complete lack of common sense on the part of the aquarist in terms of husbandry. We've told you time and time again over the years, you can't have an existing aquarium and dump a large amount of freshly prepared or worst case scenario, even unprepared botanical material into it and expect there to be simply no impact on the ecosystem. Those very rare occasions when we've had, you know, people say my tank crashed and they literally in now seven years of running tenant aquatics, I think there have been, I can think of maybe 
three or four instances where somebody essentially nuked their tank because they added a ton of material to it. And again, it was because they didn't follow what we talked about here. They didn't think it through. Uh, and it was just a poorly thought out, poorly managed approach. And literally, that's, that's you know, three, four people out of thousands that have done this. So we're doing a pretty good job overall. But yeah, there is a dark side to biofilms if you create the circumstances to, to, cre- you know, to foster one. The real positive takeaway here is that biofilms are really a sign that things are working correctly in your aquarium. It's a visual indicator that natural processes are at work and unmolested and uninterrupted. Yet understandably, it may not make some of you feel good because you don't like the appearance. Now, first off, take comfort in the fact that when biofilms appear en masse, in aquariums, it's often a passing sort of a phase. And it can take anywhere from a few days to two to three weeks before it sort of subsides to a, uh, some level that you could probably live with. But you got to realize that biofilms are present in every aquarium to some degree throughout their lifetime. Yeah, even your nature aquarium, guys, you may not see it, but you feel it when you touch your glassware or whatever, that, that slimy stuff you feel sometimes. That's not algae, that's bi- bacterial biofilms, and they're not killing your tank. Welcome to planet freaking Earth. <laughs> and have you ever noticed that the longer you let a tank run, especially in the botanical method aquarium world, it just sort of settles down and it gets through these seemingly endless periods of, you know, big biofilm blooms or for that matter, cloudy water or, you know, whatever, and just sort of arrives. It just one day you're like, wow, happens all the time. So you kind of need to harden yourself to the seemingly unsettling, maybe dirty or funky looking phases that your botanical method aquarium will go through as it runs in, establishes itself and starts to evolve as a little ecosystem. It's par for the course. And if you freak out, jump ship, you know, scrub the stuff out, bail out, whatever you want to call it during these critical and early and admittedly, perhaps to some less attractively pleasing phases of your tank's evolution, you miss out on so many amazing things. You need to learn to appreciate the look of these phases as much as you do the finished tank, whatever that is. We've talked about that before, right? Stay the course. Don't be afraid. Open up your mind. Study what's happening. Again, draw parallels to the natural aquatic ecosystem of the world. Look at this evolutionary process with, you know, kind of wonder, awe, and even courage. And know that that pile of decomposing goo that you're looking at right now is just a stepping stone on the journey to an aquarium which will literally embrace nature in every conceivable way. It's an important little mental pep talk for you today. It's a short one, but something that I think we all need to think about now and again. It's There's more than meets the eye in a botanical method aquarium. So stay brave, stay thoughtful, stay enthusiastic, stay open-minded, stay engrossed in this stuff, stay with it, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Fellman from Tan and Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tin.